Are you looking to integrate video into your existing digital marketing campaigns but have no idea where to start? Well, this podcast might be the perfect fit for you. Join us on this, the PPC Burrito. Welcome amigos to the PPC Burrito, the podcast of choice for marketers hungry for knowledge of all things pay-per-click. Hi, I'm Michael Kenny and I represent Digital Gearbox, a team of PPC experts who grow businesses around the world using platforms like Google Ads. Well, it yes, I'm on my own this week. Unfortunately, Becky, who usually joins me, is off ill. We wish her a speedy recovery, but yeah, you're stuck with me. That's it. That's all I have to say. But we do have a very good episode, a wonderfully packed episode coming up, including a conversation with Pascal Fintoni where we're going to talk through all things video content marketing. We're going to talk through the theory and share a couple of tips on how you can get going with video if you aren't already doing so. But you know how this podcast goes by now. We're going to just dive straight into it. This is, of course, the news. In this week's key stories, Google and Microsoft ads suspend Russian ads, and also Google Analytics is getting a major overhaul with Google Analytics 4 becoming the default option. So, the first piece of news, Google and Microsoft suspend Russian ads. Of course, this is what is in the news at the moment. This is what we know is happening, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon, and we pray that the conflict in Ukraine is resolved as quickly as possible. It's a horrible, horrible situation, and as we know, lots and lots of sanctions are being levied at Russia to try and dissuade them from the horror that is happening over there. And Google and Microsoft Ads have, they're the latest to join the sanction list. So what is happening? Well, we've been getting a lot of questions with regards to this over the last few weeks by clients and prospects. They're all asking what is happening because I like to advertise in Russia or I have plans to advertise in Russia. Well, the, the bottom line is that you can't at the moment. There is no way that any advertiser will be able to render any ads in Russia territories for the foreseeable future. That's not going to change and that is happening on Google and Microsoft Ads Bing basically. Not sure yet what's happening with Facebook. I think that they're following suit and Twitter is very slow behind but I think that they're also going to move along that lines although we don't really care about Twitter ads to be completely honest. So Basically, if you are advertising in Russia, you won't be able to do so. And the other side of it is Russian advertisers, Russian businesses are no longer able to advertise to outside countries either. I don't even know if they can advertise internally. So... One thing that we have heard recently is that there are actually certain members of the Russian government who might be happy about this, feeling that Google have been pushing, well, 
quote-unquote propaganda. So there may be some internal happiness over this development. Not sure. It's all a very confusing situation. But basically, bottom line is that you will not be able to reach Russian users, which if for your business, if that's a key component of your marketing strategy, and like I said, I've spoken to a couple of people this week who had plans on advertising to that market. It's just not possible at the moment. And we really have no idea how long it's going to last. If you are currently advertising to global audiences, and that includes Russia, or if you are specifically targeting Russia, your ads will will not be running in those areas. So you may notice a significant drop in metrics, impressions, clicks, sales. I don't really know what to suggest other than well, you've got two options, really. You either hold on to the funds that you were going to be spending in that area and saving up for when the situation is resolved, and then you've got a Russian budget, or you siphon off those funds and, and spend them in other areas. The latter would probably be my recommendation if that is something that you can do. That's what I would do. So there we go. The Russian conflict is horrible. It's terrible. And... We, we hope that it is resolved as quickly as possible. But in the meantime, no Google Ads, no Microsoft Ads, either way. There we go. Um, the next piece of news. So Google have announced that Analytics 4, GA4, as it's commonly known, I mean, Analytics 4, as it's probably more commonly known, is it will be, it's replaced to, it's replaced, it's planned to replace Universal Analytics. The Universal Analytics is what we all know and most of us love, and it will be replacing Universal Analytics uh, from July 1st, 2023. So that's when Universal Analytics will stop processing new hits. Now, this is... <laughs> this is unwelcome news, to be completely honest, although it's not surprising. We knew that GA4 or Analytics 4 was going to replace Universal Analytics at some point. When I first logged on and had a look at GA4, I was incredibly confused. It's a very odd user interface. It's very alien. It's very difficult to get used to after so many years in the analytics that we know. But now we know that there is a sunset date and they are going to push Google Analytics 4. Now, the hope is that we hope anyway that Google will start to make some improvements to the interface and will start to declutter and start to perhaps, mo we hope anyway, align it better with the Universal Analytics dashboard that has proved, at least when I speak to peers and other people in the industry, quite popular. So fingers crossed, but if you have Universal Analytics, if you're setting that up, just be mindful that the dashboard that you're becoming accustomed to and loving is going to be going away within, well, just over a year's time. So be aware of that. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but digital marketing, marketing in general, it's always changing, right? And we have to be we have to be water, as Bruce Lee once said. So there we go. The two pieces of news there. So moving on to the meat of this podcast, I was lucky enough to sit down with Pascal Fintoni, who's an incredible trainer and speaker, been in the digital marketing game for a long time, and we sat down and we talked about video marketing, how to integrate it, and what the future looks like for video in digital marketing in general. 
Our guest today is Pascal Fintoni, a hugely experienced digital marketing coach and speaker. With over 25 years of experience in helping businesses scale using tried and tested methodology, Pascal joins us today to explain how businesses can better utilize video in their existing campaigns. Welcome to the burrito, Pascal. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. You know, I might need to remove that number for my biography because 25 years <laughs> feels like a long time, doesn't it? It's a quarter of a century. Do you know, when I was writing the script for that intro, I did think to myself for a second, I was like, oh, 25 years, my goodness. I don't want the guy to feel old. Hopefully you didn't take that <laughs> from that. But I think sometimes when you put a number on things, it's it's a good way to kind of sit back and reflect. Like I've been doing this for just under 15 years. I'm approaching 15 years in digital marketing. And when I look at that number now... It in my near mid thirties, I kind of go, God, I'm old. But at the same time, when I look at it more optimistically, I'm like, no, I've been in this, I've been in this game for nearly 15 years and I've achieved a lot of really good things. And we've put together campaigns that I'm really, really proud of. So you must feel the same way, right? Absolutely. And interestingly, I was speaking at an event, uh, in-person event for the first time in about a part of two years uh, about the history of the web. And I was getting myself quite emotional to think I was around when the first websites were <laughs> being launched. I was around when Sir Tim Berners-Lee, you know, became a sir. Mm. And everybody was around when he was obviously the guest at the London 2012 uh, Olympic Games. And there was this kind of roar from the crowd when we were celebrating the gift of the internet and the web browser. And yeah, I'm with you. You know, I'm, I'm very sentimental about the history of the web and, and where we're going with regard to to content so that seniority that i suppose i've acquired with no no other <laughs> choice um you know it, it's nice because i have this ability i suppose you do as well now to be able to see where we're going because i know where we've come from yeah definitely so we we talk about 25 years it's on the website it, that's where i lifted it from sorry pascal 25 years delivering digital marketing campaigns that help scale businesses 25 years imparting your knowledge on people through workshops, speaking events. How did you, before we get onto the video marketing element, how did you get to where you are now? How did you become, Pascal Fintoni, the the speaker, the workshop leader? What was your journey to this point? It was an accident, really, which is often the case where you need to be shocked into changing the way you do things. So (laughs) I was a very happy, content marketing officer. I was employed by a number of brands. I started all in the the 90s in the travel industry. And Mm. I remember vividly being called into a meeting and was told, here, here's a project for you. You're going to make us a website. And this was 1996. (laughs) Uh, Needless to say, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. And it was a project that went over time and over budget. And I found myself going back to the board of directors and tails between my legs to tell them that it'd been a failure. So here I am, red-faced, you know, sweaty palms, saying to people, right, all that money, all that time we spent on a website, that doesn't work. And the reaction from the MD was just bizarre. You just laughed and say, okay, well, let's try again. And this time you're going to get it right. And off we went, a second attempt at making a website work. And of course, on this occasion, we were, we were successful. And the attraction for me was not the technical side, Michael. It was more to do with this idea of, thinking on behalf of the audience how we can be helpful and how we can be useful to them Mm. and 
my journey has been about this idea of how do we make sure that those who participate in this digital marketing campaign are those who have the eyes and ears of the customers, not just the, uh, the, 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 the kind of technophiles, let's call them that. So that's a massive, I mean, you were doing that years before people were even thinking about making sure that the end user, the audience was getting the most relevant, the best experience possible, because that's that's what we're all about these days. It's all about ensuring parity between the ads and the landing pages, making sure that ultimately everything that we do from start to finish with our campaigns is giving the best experience to the user. But I, I remember when I was but a wee lad, back in the day, when you'd create a website or if you'd create a digital campaign, you were just doing it for your business. You were just doing it to have that visibility online, right? Absolutely. And the error, which actually I did participate in terms of this misunderstanding and misinformation about websites in general and being a digital entity was around this idea of what we're doing here, which was wrong. It was just you know, misunderstood. We are translating the brochure into a digital form. So I was working for a tour operator. We were selling holidays to the UK market for them to go to very sunny places that I sometimes didn't get to go myself. But, you know, <laughs> we, we had a brochure with hundreds of pages, with thousands of photos and so on and so forth. And the, the, the kind of the driver was, let's try and save money by making those brochures online. It wasn't really, let's try and be super helpful by creating an experience that people are going to enjoy so much that they're going to trust the brand and want to book the holiday. And I would argue, Michael, it took a better part of 10, 15 years to wake up from this weird kind of foggy state of all we're doing is saving money by going digital as opposed to putting the customer first. So once we did, life uh, was easier for me as a marketer, was better for the customer. And what we said is, what is that digital can do better than the other medium? And by extension, of course, when video became a possibility through the advance of broadband as well as better video uh, kind of production techniques, what is it that video can do more or better than the written form or the static image? I think it's remarkable how far we've come since you know the olden days, the days of old, the GeoCities days and, and, and where we are now. So many innovations. And when, when you talk about going to the MD with, this is what we've done. The MD says, well, just do it again until we get it right. It, it, you truly were on that frontier, that digital frontier, being the first people to kind of do it, to put it together. Mistakes are going to be made. Mistakes are always made when new technologies or new ways of doing things come to the come to the fore, right? So it, it makes total sense. But I'm really pleased that we as digital marketers as professionals have been able to move away from let's just do this because this is the cool thing to do now and all businesses want to do it and we've now moved to well how can we actually help you the business connect with your customers and do it in a way that will ensure return on investment but they also ensure the the best possible experience for your your prospects or your customers and that bit is so crucial because if you start any campaign by going, who are the people that we're trying to reach and what do we want them to feel as a result of the experience of interacting with us? If you're thinking about that first, then you're onto a winner. 
And the, the, the tension for, for people who are listening to you is, but sometimes I don't know. And my reaction is, well, that's okay not to know. But you still should have the desire to, to be useful, to provide value and so on. And on reflection, I think what's, what's happened is people have settled on what they know. So they know the business. They know their product. They know what they want to sell. They know how they want to make it more convenient to themselves. And the casualty, of course, is that the customer gets missed out because that's sometimes the unknown. But then nowadays, it's not hard to ask around. It's not hard to do a questionnaire. It's not hard to even commission somebody to do the market research for you. And sometimes all it takes is just to be more humanity and, and, and kind of sympathy. Put yourself in their place emotionally as well as potentially you know physically and, and more and just you know put together a list of their aspirations for the future put on the whiteboard or the post-it whatever you use i'm still very much very traditional about in my, my brainstorming <laughs> michael i like pen and paper stuff and then the opposite which are their anxieties you know what are the things that they're worried about what are the things that they wish they knew more that sometimes they themselves put themselves into a position of not taking action and once you've listed aspirations and anxieties in front of you you've got everything you need to know to craft that online experience and these are all just kind of components that sit under the wider umbrella that is communication, right? So mm. we are we are communicating a message. Ultimately, that message is designed to influence some sort of action. And I think that takes us quite nicely onto the meat of our conversation today, which is talking about video marketing and how it can be integrated. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing with video is we are putting more ways to communicate to our prospects, to our target customers, and we're more cognizant now than ever before of the fact that different people like to assimilate different information in different ways. So text, voice, video. And it's weird. I mean, I'm putting a date on this podcast now. We're, we're recording this in March 2022. So there we go. I've already dated the podcast, Pascal. But we're, <laughs> we're, in, this, we're in this age where... You know, it's 2022 and we're still telling people that you should be, if you have the assets or if you have the means, consider putting videos on your landing pages. Why do you think, Pascal, there has been this resistance to for businesses embracing video? Two things. I think one is language and the other is actually the pushback from the industry I'm talking about video production companies and filmmakers thinking, how very dare you, you know, even have the the ambition, the audacity to become a video content creator. Mm. You've not paid your dues. You've not, you know, essentially you're part of the family. So if I start with language, I mean, this is pretty much what I've been doing for the last, oh goodness, at least 10, 12 years now, which is to demystify the world of online communication. And I think language is part of what I need to do. Um, Video marketing, if you look at those two words, if I say this to an audience, video is something that I don't want to do, marketing something I don't know how to do. So you're already on, mm -hmm. on, the, on the losing streak here. So what I tend to do is, is go back to this idea of being useful. you know. And I said, what we want to do here is not to challenge you and not for you to show your competency as a video content creator. We want to find a way for you to be seen and heard being helpful. And ideally, to be seen and her being helpful to people that I can relate to, just using typical storytelling techniques. And here's a scenario for you, Michael. I'm sure, like me, every day you are online, and occasionally you come across a good video, you know, something that yourself have, you've enjoyed. It's useful, perhaps it's humorous, but essentially it has some value. 
Mm. What we tend to do, all of us, is then enjoy the video and move on with our day. But if I was to stop you for a moment and say to you and to our listeners as well today, if as and when you came across a video, you would share it to your network. It could be actually a one-to-one email going out to an individual, or it could be more of a kind of narrow cast via social media. Do you think that others will actually react positively to that? So yeah, I suppose if Pascal Michael's taking the trouble to watch first, then reach a conclusion that this will be helpful to somebody else, let me share that on. That's video marketing. But what you've done is use a facet of video marketing, which is video curation. Mm. And once people listen to that little anecdote, they kind of go, oh, all right, okay. So you're saying that I can have some success using video marketing, but I don't have to be a creator just yet. I said, not at all. Nobody asked you to do that. What we're asking you is to find a way to essentially showcase your values as individuals and businesses via video format. But nobody asked you to be the creator. Now, in good time, you want to be a creator. But from curation, there's also a midpoint, which is video collaboration. So perhaps, Michael, you're still a little nervous about being on camera, or you still don't know about the the settings and the recording and the, the editing and all this stuff leaves you cold. But what you could do is be a collaborator. You could be a very good guest. You could be on the panel discussion. You could be on a video Q&A. You could join someone on the live streaming and support their Facebook group. So many ways you could do that and be a very good guest. And of course, from video curation to collaboration, you can then move on to video creation. But by which time you've built your confidence, you understand so much more about the ins and outs of video marketing. And I would argue that you may even enjoy it even more. It's very interesting, some of the points that you raised there, and particularly when it comes to the content curation, because it's very true. When, when we're online, we see a video, let's say it's a, a, a funny video with ducks or something, and you see it. And th- when I see it, the first thing I do is I'm, I'm going to share that with my partner, or I'm going to share that with my colleagues at work. And, and that's a way of kind of pushing that video content out there. I think the thing is, is that I think a lot of people think that, well, I can't replicate that with my business. But the truth is, and you can, but it has to it has to make sense to your business, right? So I don't expect window window glaze businesses to start you know sharing videos of ducks. But there are ways that they can share information the quickly, clearly, and maybe even if they want to inject some humor into telling people what they do, why they do, what they do, and how they can help, right? And what you do to be able to support your video marketing activities would combine curation, collaboration, and creation is you adopt a theme per month. So it's almost this idea of you know taking on the role of the journalist, of a researcher. You're going to be curious on behalf of your audience about a particular challenge or a problem or an issue or a trend or a change. You know, the list can go on forever. And what you're going to say, and you could even declare it, you can put a post on social media if you wanted to, Michael, you could declare that this month, I'm going to look into this on your behalf. And please send me your questions. And by the way, if you have some content about it, please tell me too. And what you can do then is really give yourself a um, a little challenge, uh, some boundaries. And then at the end of the month, you can celebrate your, your research project by going live on social media to retell your adventure in, in on the interweb and let people know what you've been up to. 
that's a really good idea. And right there is some anyone could do that. You could just pull your phone out and you could record a, a 30 second video of yourself saying, send me your questions. And at the end of the month, I'm going to answer all of them on a on a live stream or I'm going to answer all of them right here. It, it, it takes a second to do it. I think the thing is where people get a little hung up, though, is they think they, they, they want the video, they want the image to be perfect. They want the sound to be perfect. Maybe they're a bit conscious about how, how they look. Maybe they're a bit conscious about how they sound. I know a lot of people really stress about how they sound when mm. they're recorded. But ultimately what i try and encourage people to do and i mean i'm 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 a ppc marketer now i'm not a generalist marketer so this is a little bit out of my scope but i like to go there anyway because you know it's helping people but i say to them you, you take yourself back to why you launched the business in the first place you you launched the business to solve a problem you've put yourself out there already as your business and you should be comfortable putting yourself on camera and if you're not comfortable putting yourself on camera get someone else to do it, get, get someone on your team to do it. Someone that's a little bit more comfortable. I mean, at digital gearbox, what we've done recently is we have been, we've kind of, I mean, I've not embraced TikTok. I'm, I'm not going to be dancing on TikTok anytime soon, Pascal. I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Well, I'm glad but, to hear. <laughs> but what we have done is we've started recording what is considered reels, which are used on Instagram, which are 30-second videos. So every week we drop a new article which uh, allows people to learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, PPC techniques, whether that's for beginners, for, for intermediate or for advanced users. And so we drop that every week on a Monday and then on a Wednesday or a Thursday, we will drop a reel, which will essentially be information taken from that article, but chopped up into 30 second segments. Now we, we have, we're a team of eight and there are some people on the team who are more confident than others. And it, I think it also depends on the mood you're in and the energy that you're in on, on any given day. There are some days where I go, Ah, I don't really feel like recording today, but I know that my colleague Dan might go, yeah, actually, I'm quite happy to take that on board. So I know that some businesses, you know, some one man bands, some plumbers might not have that luxury. But I think that getting yourself on camera, just pick up your phone, hit record. It doesn't have to be right now, but say to yourself, if I want to help my target customers understand more about me and more understand more about my business, this is a good way to connect with those people before they've even inquired, before they even know about me. I think it's a very good discovery tactic. It is, and we need to remind ourselves that ultimately the the, the kind of overarching purpose of our conversation today is to build trust before somebody even gets in touch with us, which is quite bizarre. I mean, even someone who's been involved in digital for as long as you mentioned when we started this conversation, I still find the whole proposition of someone's going to get in touch with me, having formed an opinion without me having to say a word to them. It's still still very, very bizarre. So what video can do better than the written form and this static images is to give me an appreciation of who you are as people and as a business and give me an understanding of the experience of being looked after by you. Because ultimately what we do with marketing, we make a promise that in the future, something's gonna go well. So if I take you back to my uh, early career in travel, I mean, that's what I was doing with the brochures and later on with CD-ROMs and all those wonderful things. I was making a promise that if you choose us and booked with us, your holiday will be amazing. And then, you know, it was done to us, done to deliver that. that. And th we looked at ways in travel 
And how do we make that clearer? How do we make sure that there is nothing left to doubt or for, you know, create a sense of, of nervousness? I mean, I used to say, you know, you want to switch nervousness to eagerness and, and that kind of things. And, and moving images and sound do it just a bit better. And if you think about how we can all have a range of emotions watching a film or, or documentary or TV series, there is elements of that when you watch somebody explain to you, frankly, with that polished kind of performance, how they do what they do and why they do the way they wish to do things. So we, we mentioned it earlier on in the conversation that there is this resistance to video mm. because of the pricing, the perceived pricing of it. And I think we've kind of all been there. I mean, we were looking at video advertising a few a few months back, about last year, about midway through last year, so about six months ago, and we we had a load of different video agencies, production agencies, and and I was looking through the prices, and I just kind of thought to myself, this is this is quite expensive, and if I'm thinking it, I and we've got a budget, I'm sure a lot of other businesses are going to be looking at it and kind of going, I I can't afford this, and I mean, you you get what you pay for, and a lot of these uh, professional producers, they're, they're really good. They're really good. Some of the stuff that they come up with is really good. But I guess my my thought is that maybe you don't need to look that good at that given moment and really just kind of getting, as long as the message is there, as long as the the eagerness is there to co- connect with your target audience and to provide something of value, then the quality isn't, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be the most polished thing. Um, so my question to you, Pascal, is for someone that's listening and thinking, well, yeah, I should. I should get something going. I should. I should start getting myself on camera or get some of my members on camera. What would be your recommendations to someone who hasn't even begun thinking about this yet? My recommendation is to almost reproduce the history of cinema, which I think is going to be a lovely way to to go about it. So, when people began to enjoy, you know, watching movies, there were moving images with a soundtrack but there was no voices as such you know to be to be heard that took a while to go around so actually you could tell your story as a brand you could tell your story as a business you could showcase your services with moving images animated text and a carefully chosen soundtrack that's not too distracting and that will have the same impact of somebody trying to articulate you know, using their voice, the, the key messages, because ultimately your audience will accept what you've chosen to produce and share. They have no pre-requirement. You know, they, they, they don't go online with a checklist. And if you've missed a couple of things on the checklist, they'll pass. So what they want is clarity and honesty. And what you may find is that if you've gone too soon with a professional production company where you yourself are not ready, to speak clearly and honestly, and nerves can take over, but also but you've not given enough time to the uh, creation of the key messages, then that money could just be um, a waste. And actually for the production company, they'll just be uh, frustrated for you because they want to do a good job. So you could begin the your journey of create as a creator with moving images, text, and sound. And then later on, maybe with, um, let's say, uh, the, the next evolution of your key messages, you could introduce maybe the people in the business, but you don't have to have them talk to camera. I would recommend everybody, um, I hope you don't mind, but I'm a film buff, so I will make reference to film, <laughs> Michael. But we are all looking forward, I think, to um, Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings TV series from Amazon. 
And they did actually a wonderful video to introduce the team um, called Meet the Our Fellowship. I think it's called Meet Our Fellowship. You could Google it or go on YouTube and you'll find it. And it's a lovely visual reference for all of you listening today about how you could actually present the business without having anyone talking to camera, which I think would be a, a lovely one. So you can begin that way. And then as you're clarity of thinking around what the message should be comes through through iteration of those messages then you can start to write it down uh, i would say learn the lines by heart and then deliver those you know to camera uh, maybe six months later I'm I'm really glad that you brought up some sort of film buffery because when we had our when we were talking offline it was it was very much yeah well we're film buffs I mean how how much of our conversation is going to devolve into film references and things like that and uh, yeah it's it's a really I've seen that video and I think it's a really good way of doing it and and definitely I think for people that are perhaps a little bit more anxious about putting themselves out there just just consider just some animation some text overlays i mean it's really easy to do so now and even someone like me i can just get on something like premiere rush which i think is about 9.99 a month but if you're going to use it and if it's going to be an important part of your marketing strategy that will be a priceless investment but there are other uh, software packages out there that you can easily mm. get on board of as well. So um, lots and lots of different options and loads of different ways of doing things for sure. What um, people need to remember is, do you remember when you were at school and you used to draw little scenes uh, on the corner of the notebook and then you would flick the corners to make the little uh, stickmen move around <laughs> and so on? That That's essentially at the heart of what we do. Moving images are still images, but there's many of them per seconds, which give the impression of, of movement. So for, for our, your listeners, you probably all of you have gazillions of still photography on your mobile phone, waiting to become a visual story for, for your customers. It could be a store of the premises, it could be showing the products, it could even be what you've been up to this month, traveling maybe, or doing an online sessions. So consider creating visual stories with stills. And there is a wonderful um, app called Quick, spelled Q-U-I-K, from the team at GoPro that will animate that using AI with uh, copyright-free music and animation. And within moments, you have a video marketing your business. There we go. Proper insight and tips there. <laughs> Actionable tips. We like it. Well, Pascal, let's bring this conversation full circle. We were talking about your extensive background and history in digital marketing being on the forefront as it happens. You're not that old. Don't worry about it. But let's 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 push forward. Let's let's roll the clocks forward a few years. Let's go ten years in the future and let's get the crystal ball out. What are your predictions for the future of video within digital marketing? How do you reckon it's going to look in the next decade? So I think the barriers to entry are going to continue to be removed one by one. And what is exciting for me and you and for people listening is therefore you be down to your imagination and creativity. So what I need to warn people about is that I think with regard to digital skills, and as you know, I've got the privilege of creating programs for government and, and um, in-house as well, people are still focused on technically understanding uh, digital 
But ultimately, everything will work and engage your customers because of the message that you have crafted. So your imagination is going to be a very important skill to nurture and and keep alive, you know, over the over the coming weeks as well. So when it comes to video, it's going to become much easier to do it, to edit it. I think AI machine learning is going to be our virtual assistant moving forward. And therefore, what you'll have, all of you, is to follow my advice and Michael's advice. You're going to have to watch more movies to understand <laughs> the art of visual storytelling and, and, and things that you and I can talk about you know, after this recording. The second thing, I think you need to, all of you, be very careful about what I call the marketing of online marketing. So you're going to have, obviously, trends. You're going to have things being pushed and, and favored as, as trends. And one of them... I don't think that even in 10 years' time we're going to be where people would like us to be, and I mean by those, the um, I suppose the inventors in and around VR. So I don't expect that in 10 years' time your customers will, be, will want to wear headsets to visit your premises. I think they'll still be watching a video as they are now, where I think there's going to be some very interesting things going to be around AR, so the other way, which is somebody could actually be um, walking around or maybe attending a conference they're going to see maybe your your logo on the side of your vehicles. Perhaps they're going to see your logo on the, on the banner of a stand. And what they'll be able to do, which we're starting to see now, is point their phone towards your logo and then be given the options of watching video content from, obviously, your websites uh, and more. So I think we're going to see um, a lot of that. The other thing we're going to see, which I'm not a big fan of, Michael, is going back to AI. Because people are nervous, as you mentioned, because people think it's harder than it is, we're going to see a massive um, new industry around virtual presenters and virtual mm-hmm. kind of assistants. Yeah. So right now, as you've seen yourself, you can go online in some websites, you can type your your script, and a, essentially a, an avatar will uh, act out, if you will, your, your your messages and your presentation, and that is not at all what customers want. And and you've got to resist temptation to go that way. I really, I don't think that any of that stuff's going to last. And I, I think that you're absolutely right. I, I think it's hard to predict exactly what things will look like in ten years' time. However, I do think that if we look at photography, for example, I mean the tried and true, the classic stuff has lasted throughout the years and it's still pretty much i mean the technology's changed which is probably what we'll have like you said with it'll be easier to make videos but i think that videos themselves will just be still very much a mainstay of any marketing campaign component i just think that maybe our way of communicating things will be a little bit better like you said i think that we'll be able to understand our business messages a little bit more and I think we'll be able to communicate those probably far more effectively and confidently I mean I imagine that with the the generation below us the the younger generation coming up they're going to be far more comfortable in front of their phones they're the selfie generation I think they'll be far more confident on camera so I think that the anxiety around getting yourself on camera will start to dissipate that's my prediction but yeah like you said I, I don't any of these avatar things i mean we, we saw that with apple with with their animated avatars that you can send text with um i don't think anyone really uses them i don't think anyone uses them now i don't think anyone's going to use them in 10 years time i hope anyway that that's not the case because at the end of the day the way i see it and I, hopefully you agree pascal is that this is video marketing is just another way of connecting you with somebody else it's still very much a person to person method 
of advertising, but most importantly, communicating. Absolutely. Here's another one for people to consider. If on your website you have a page called FAQ, you've already done most of the hardware, which is to come up with a script for this idea to be seen and heard mm. being helpful. And I'm talking to some customers, large and small, whereby can we not just actually create um, video where you just repeat what you've written so far, but with the people that actually are more likely to be the one to be at the end of the phone or in at the, the future meeting. So even the FAQ page, which was designed at the beginning to be, to be helpful, can be exploited even further by creating this feeling of, wow, they have taken the trouble to create video content. I've not seen this before, and therefore my belief in you and, and the trust that I have in your ability to look after me is even greater. That's a really good point. And there we go. Another amazing tip. They, there you have it. If you've got an FAQ section on your on your website, on a page, there you go. Take that and film that and put that in front of people. Don't Back get rid you. of it. Don't get rid of it, though. Duplicate the, it. The, I said, you know, it's not uh, instead of it's as well as. Mm. Back to your point about stories and, and messages and so on. If, you know, the argument is that there's always something new, that there is something uh, better and more, how do you explain, for example, the um, success of Belfast, you know, the BAFTA Awards? A black and white movie filmed square format, that's really not even um, widescreen, telling the story uh, of people and and the whole thing it's so incredibly engaging so i'm using this analogy michael to reassure people that it is actually easier than you believe you have to believe in yourselves a bit more absolutely there we go plenty of advice good tips and an all-round good conversation pascal thank you so much for joining us uh, where can you be found on the internet and what are you up to right now so with a name like mine, it's not easy to hide. So if you look for <laughs> pascalfintoni.com or even just Google it, you'll have the list of LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where I tend to do. And in terms of what I'm doing, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to relaunch uh, the, the next season of the content marketing studio. So if anyone of you listening, you are keen content creators, even if you are just starting, I'd love to have you on the show to tell uh, your story. And as a scoop, because I've enjoyed this conversation so much, I'm also weeks away from launching a special program called the Film Marketing Academy. Ooh, tell more. This will be essentially me putting the 25 years of expense you've <laughs> mentioned into a program which is to help filmmakers market their films better or for marketers to tell their stories better by bringing the two worlds together. Oh, wow. Where can people find you once again, Pascal? Pascalfintoni.com. Amazing. Well, Pascal, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for telling us your story and for imparting so many nuggets of amazing wisdom on us. Hopefully, we'll speak to you again soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the PPC Burrito. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing on the platform you're listening to this on. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching Digital Gearbox, or for more information about who we are, what we do, and why we do it, go to our website, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. So from me, Michael Kenny, and everybody else here at Digital Gearbox, stay happy, stay healthy, and until next time, amigos, stay hungry. Thank you.